Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Each episode features educators sharing their practical ideas to put more science, technology, engineering, and math into every classroom every day. For show notes and more information, visit dailystem.com. Here's your host, Chris Woods. Well, I'm so excited that today we get to chat with Patricia Newman. She is an author and actually used to be a math teacher, but the great part uh, about getting to chat with Patricia today is that we get to hear how STEM and literacy really can combine in, in every classroom, especially when you look for some great books. And, and Patricia has written a whole bunch of great books. In fact, she has a great one out right now. It's called Planet Ocean. Welcome to the show today, Patricia. Thank you for having me, Chris. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah, and uh, definitely if people want to find out more and, and tons of great resources and stuff on your website at patriciamnewman.com. That's an M in the middle there, like marine life, because we're going to be talking about uh, what it's like to to think about planet ocean. Not It's not planet Earth, Patricia? No, I mean, I think it's misnamed. <laughs> because if, if you think about it, the maps show the fact that the land mass is greater than the water, but in fact, water covers 70, more than 70% of our planet. So I'm, I'm advocating that we change the name of the planet to planet ocean. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure kids, you know, could get some, uh, some petitions going and uh, yeah, <laughs> let's call it, let's call it planet ocean. I, I actually like that idea, especially from a math point. I mean, we, you can't quite round up 20 some percent of, of land to call it earth. So. Right. Exactly. The math doesn't work, does it? Right. But um, let's let's dive in because you got this great book called Planet Ocean out now, and it's filled with some beautiful photos of, you know, under the water. And just tell us a little bit about it, Patricia. Planet Ocean is a labor of love. I worked again with Annie Crawley, who is a photographer and diver and filmmaker. And we really tried to write Planet Ocean with an underwater perspective. Most people who go to the ocean look at it and say it's beautiful and listen to the surf and hear the birds um, calling and diving and maybe see an occasional dolphin break the surface. Mm -hmm. And we we take pictures of it and, you know, post it on on social media and say, look at the beautiful ocean, right? Right, exactly. And we, oh, we love ocean sunset photos, don't we? Oh, yeah. So, but really the secret to the ocean, it's what is what's happening below the surface. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. If you really delve into what the ocean means, we continue to need the ocean. It provides a lot of our drinking water. It provides our weather. It provides, uh, it makes trade easier. Mm -hmm. Um, Coral reefs even provide medicine. So there's a number Mm -hmm. of things that we need the ocean for that we might not necessarily know we need the ocean for. Yeah. And I know a lot of the plankton, you know, the microscopic creatures that live in the ocean, you know, because of because of those creatures, we have much of the oxygen that we breathe each and every day. Um, it's, it's really stunning when when we stop and think about just how much space, how much volume. Again, here's my mathematical mind coming at it again. How much volume is underneath that surface that we that we look at? So, you know, we may as educators be thinking, you know, my kids, you know, maybe don't live near the ocean or my kids you know, maybe have visited the ocean or just see pictures of the ocean. But but this book, Planned Ocean, gives them that opportunity to really, really think about what's underneath. And, and I know there's also a bunch of videos, too, that go with it, right? Yes. Um, because of Annie's expertise as a filmmaker and photographer, we, again, wanted to give readers that same underwater perspective that we use to write the book. Mm-hmm. So we've incorporated a number of underwater videos of the, in the Coral Triangle, 
in the Salish Sea in the Pacific Northwest and in the Arctic. Kids mm. actually get to go underwater with Annie in the Arctic. How many times have you done that in your life? I, I never. It, it, sometimes <laughs> I've, I've swam in some water that felt like it was the Arctic, right. but probably nowhere near the same. Exactly. And and then I'm thinking also, like one of the videos that I watched, uh, she's swimming and, and it almost looks like just this storm of, of plastic trash and litter that she's swimming through. And, and you can't help but have a kid watch that or, or, you know, play that in your classroom, you know, on a screen or whatever. And the kids can see that. And it kind of helps them realize that, yeah, you might think of just a piece of litter, you know, whatever that you throw in the garbage or, or maybe just see a piece on the ground. But when the rain comes, that washes that into the river, river out to the lake or ocean, and, and, and it's on its way to, to somewhere. And, and we, we have to stop and think about those things and help our kids to realize those things. Right, exactly. And, and you mentioned that, you know, some kids in the center of the country might not be able to run over and see the ocean every day. Mm -hmm. But if you think about your local watershed, mm -hmm. chances are, whatever lakes, rivers, streams run around your hometown will somehow drain into the ocean eventually. Mm -hmm. So you have to think what happens in your hometown is eventually going to make its way into the ocean. And we want to give kids that sense of, even though you're in the middle of the country, you are breathing the ocean's air. You are the, the oxygen that the ocean is making. The ocean is making your weather. Um, the ocean is providing your food if you eat any kind of seafood at all. Mm -hmm. So you are not you are not isolated from the ocean even even though you can't see it every day. Right, right. And, and a lot of kids, again, yeah, their their only exposure to the ocean might be eating fish sticks. And and that's right. so much, so much more than that. So yeah, definitely a great opportunity to check out Planet Ocean, launched in 2021. So uh, definitely check that out. Again, filled with just incredible photos and, and great stories. You know, I, I just think also of one of the one of the quotes that you have on your, your website. Again, it's patriciamnewman.com, where there's tons of resources, educators. Seriously, go. There's tons of resources there. You can find out. Uh, but you said, we have to th stop thinking of ourselves as existing separate from the ocean. You know, we... We do. We, we just think about that. You know, uh, I don't think about the ocean most days. I, I think about, you know, my school. I think about my home and, you know, all the roads in between and, and just trying to think through how big our world is. Right. Well, there's a simple activity I like to I'm going to be doing with kids when I when I visit schools for Planet Ocean. And it deals directly with ocean acidification. Mm. What's happening in the ocean when we hold our breath? Mm -hmm. and hold it and hold it and hold it and hold oh, yeah. it. We get this sense that we're running out of oxygen. Mm -hmm. But really what is happening is the carbon dioxide is building up mm -hmm. and we're forming this acid that is get, making us a little woozy, particularly if we're really great breath holders. <laughs> and that's exactly what's happening in the ocean. The ocean is absorbing so much carbon dioxide which creates a chemical change, chemistry teachers, there you go, there's your chemistry, creates a chemical change and it affects coral reefs, it affects shellfish, it affects clownfish like Nemo. They oh. get confused and instead of swimming away from predators, they swim right for them and stand up to those predators and guess what will happen? Yeah, yeah. So there are everyday links, everyday connections to you and our ocean. Mm -hmm. And and one of the things you mentioned, I mean, you're talking about this 
yes, it's a, it's a children's book, but any, any age kid can read it. I mean, everybody, even, you know, adults can read it and, and especially, you know, be able to follow those links and, and see some of the video from, from under the water, it's, which is always, always amazing to all of us. It, particular age range though, Patricia, that, that, that this book would be just, you know, perfect for if an educator is thinking about, about it for their classroom. Well, my publisher um, bills it as middle grade literature, mm-hmm. and they say that the interest level is grade four through grade eight. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, there are lots of adults out there who want to know something about climate change in the ocean, but maybe they don't want to check out the tome out of the library written by scientist who has every study at his fingertips. Mm-hmm. But perhaps they just want to find an overview and a children's book, especially a nonfiction children's book is a great way to start. So educators, if you're looking for for great books, again, there's so many great new STEM books coming out, so many great uh, resources that we can be adding into our classroom. And especially that's important because this is another thing that you're very passionate about, Patricia, is is connecting STEM and literacy. We we need to be thinking about ways that we can get kids to move beyond just, I do an experiment in science and I solve uh, equations in math, and then I go to my other classes and that's where we read. Right. Exactly. You know, in my opinion, I read everything with STEM eyes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always looking for STEM connections. I look for the science and things. Or if I'm reading science, I look for the everyday connections. When mm-hmm. I was in school, that's how I remembered things. I made connections to the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And science has so many connections to the rest of our lives. Yeah. And there are so many opportunities to improve language arts skills. The science notebooks start there. Yeah. Uh, evidence-based conclusions. That's a great, um, something we practice in literature often, but we don't necessarily think about it as a language arts skill when we carry it over to the science notebook. Right. Um, there's just something about taking a fourth grader, having him read about ocean acidification and then having that fourth grader explain it to his friend. Mm-hmm. And then she explains it to her friend. And once you are able to explain these different scientific concepts, you're practicing your speaking skills, you're practicing your listening skills, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you've become a science communicator. Right. And a lot of people think, you know, wrongly that, oh, you know, literacy is just reading and writing. And it and it includes, like you just said, Patricia, all those all those communication skills, that that ability to be able to, you know, completely and and you know, carefully explain a thought to, or or explain your opinion when there's another opinion and, and you know, and those types of things as well. And and one of the things that I think um, your, your book, Planet Ocean, and, and you've written a lot of other books also about, you know, animal and nature themed stories and ideas, but it can be a stepping stone to not just, you know, rewrite a book, we're done, let's move on, but a stepping stone to say, hey, how can we, like you said, maybe in the watershed in your local community, or can we reach out and find out some more things about the ocean and how could we uh, do some things. Right. Annie and I are, are real proponents of using storytelling to help save the ocean. Talk about your experiences with the ocean. Think about it this way, too. Maybe you live in Ohio or Nebraska or South Dakota mm-hmm. and you can't see the ocean every day. Right. But one day you're not always going to be 10 all your life. Right. One day you're going to grow up. And maybe you want to travel if the pandemic ever lets up. Yeah, it will. Maybe you want to travel and maybe you want to go see the Great Barrier Reef. Mm -hmm. And maybe you want to dive under the ice in the Arctic. But if it's not there, 
you won't be able to have those experiences. Yeah, things definitely have a, have a lot of lot of effect, and sometimes kids don't don't think through the effects of of every decision that they make each day. You know, just buying a uh, you know, like applesauce in a little plastic cup. We may just think that's just yummy applesauce. And, you know, but yet where does that plastic come from? Where does that plastic go? Would it be better to buy it in a jar? Would it be better to get our own apples and make our own applesauce? And so many steps that we can go from there. Again, definitely check out patriciamnewman.com because not only does she have plenty of resources and information about her books uh, and activities that you could do with your kids, she's got a, a great blog there that has all sorts of information and information about how she can visit your classroom if you want her to, you know, virtually or, or whatever, come in to your classroom and, and inspire some of your kids as well. Uh, any, anything else I'm, I'm missing about, about your website or any other thoughts, Patricia, you want to share today? Well, specifically for your listeners who mm-hmm. um, love that daily dose of STEM, mm-hmm. this on my blog on my website, I have a series called Lit Links. Okay. And I'm asking authors and scientists and educators to take a children's book, STEM or non STEM, and create a STEM plus language arts lesson that mm. teachers can immediately use in the classroom. And they're all by grade level. So search for what you need, search for what you want. I hope, I hope you can use it as a resource. Yeah, definitely. We appreciate all the, all the great resources from, from people like you, Patricia, and so many other great authors who are just, just taking, taking STEM and, and making it accessible and, and practical and personal for, for our kids everywhere. So on behalf of teachers everywhere, uh, thank you so much, Patricia. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. And again, check out patriciamnewman.com to find out more great information about Patricia and all the great books, including the brand new one, Planet Ocean. Uh, Check that out. And uh, as always, thanks again for listening to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Remember, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app, leave a review, and uh, just keep up the great work, educators. And if you need any help, connect with me at dailystem.com. And again, patriciamnewman.com and find out more information about all the great stuff that can help your kids uh, engage with STEM each and every day. 